Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Today's guest, Chip Walker, is the head of strategy and partner at Strawberry Frog and co-author of Activate Brand Purpose, how to harness the power of movements to transform your company. He'll also share insights about his superpower, actionability, reflecting his focus on converting ideas into working solutions. Chip, thanks for joining me today. It's really a it's it's really a thrill and a pleasure for me to meet you and connect with you and learn from you. So thank you. Thanks so much, Devin. It's great to be here. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the time you're taking. Uh, I, I'm intrigued by your uh, book that you wrote um, uh, to help companies get at the real heart of you know. The, combining their social impact objectives with their branding. Tell us a little bit about your, your book that you wrote and, and how it helps companies do what you're trying to help them do better. Sure, sure, sure. Well, the book's called Activate Brand Purpose, Harnessing the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, after having uh, had the book published, uh, I think, six months ago or so, I think it was a little bit of a misnomer in that we probably shouldn't have just said company, help your company. It's probably uh, your organization, just because uh, the, the, we've worked uh, with the principles uh, behind the book with tons of companies, but we've also worked with nonprofits uh, and other kinds of organizations that might not think of themselves as a formal company, if you will. But having said that, sure. that's that's the idea of the book. And uh, sort of the burning need that my uh, my business partner and co-author, uh, Scott Goodson, and I um, recognized, and this is going back probably 2017, 2018, was that a lot of clients we were working with, top leaders, were coming to us and saying, I hear about this whole purpose thing, higher purpose. And in fact, you know, we've had a consultant in or we've done a two-day offsite and we've come up with this purpose and here it is. And now that was six months ago and now we don't really know what to do. Uh, do you guys have any ideas? Uh, and it wasn't just once or twice. I mean, this is a, a bunch of times. It was small uh, organizations, but it was also some really big, well-known, you know, organizations whose name you would, you would know if I, if I brought them up. Um, so I think we started to realize that there was a, um, sort of an activation gap, if you will, a, a gap in, in folks, uh, and top leaders, uh, understanding of, of how you take something that is, uh, and can be as lofty, uh, uh, inspiring, but, but probably lofty as a higher purpose in the world, you know, your purpose beyond profit, uh, and make it something that. A, everyone understands, but B, more importantly, people know what to do with. What do I go and do now? So that was the idea behind the book. And uh, Scott and I had been doing this kind of work with organizations for, for a number of years. And uh, we just thought, well, let's let's put it in the book and see if we can help some people. Uh, it, it really is an important message. Uh, and part of the reason I think it's important is that corporations and large organizations, but all of business, the economy, right, needs to shift in some meaningful ways in order for us to eliminate extreme poverty, in order for us to improve global health, in, in order to uh, reverse climate change. Things have to change. But we exacerbate poverty if we eliminate corporations, right? Because right. we would eliminate all the jobs. Right. <laughs> right. 
and so we've we've got to find ways to help corporations, especially because of their tremendous influence in the world, to shift gears a little bit, to move in that in a more sustainable direction. And I being agree. able to, I think you would agree that there is a fear, sometimes well justified, that uh, a sustainability initiative at a corporation could be accused of being some form of greenwashing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than a legitimate effort at uh, at doing it right. Uh, yeah. So, what are some of the what are the some of the the, the things you advise people to do in your book to help them avoid that perception of greenwashing, to be authentic and real and actually change the world a little bit from inside a corporation? Right. Well, um, you know, so, so there's sort of two big topics around purpose that people are interested in. One, I talked about defining purpose. What What is our, our higher uh, mission in the world beyond making money. And then there's the other one, which we really focus more on, which was about what do you do with it? How do you activate it? But I, I think to, to avoid greenwashing, you got to go back to your purpose definition as the foundation. Um, I think what you see sometimes happening is when uh, uh, organization will define its higher purpose, it's very, very lofty. It's all, you know, it's about, you know, transforming society, making the world a better place, uh, eliminating, uh, 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 all kinds of uh, higher societal problems. And yet, um, if you take a hard look at the companies, what, what they actually do and their business, you have a hard time seeing the intersection between those two things. <laughs> so I guess Scott and I are both firm believers that a higher purpose for your firm exists between some wrong that needs to be made right in the world and what you actually do. Uh, and, and that is the the key, we think, to, to building an authentic program to activate your purpose and to talk about stuff in a believable way. Um, I, I think what we see, um, I give this example sometimes. It, it, it's not about sustainability, but it was um, it was a brand. It's called um, it's from um, Planters. It's called Nutrition. It's a new. Uh, it was a new uh, brand of, uh, of I don't know nuts that they. They created. The reason I'm bringing it up is that um, they um, launched this brand on this kind of um, social activism platform that was about uh, women's pay equality. Okay, so an important issue. I think everybody, especially women, would would say is, is important. I think most men would too. Um, and they came out with uh, some ads that were all about pay equality. And the, the way that they made a connection back to their brand was that unequal pay was nuts. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you can imagine okay. oh, like they got just decimated by people saying, what are what is, what are you doing? You're just trying to get attention to yourself. This doesn't have anything to do with 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 what you do. Think about people's health. How about how about that? Uh, eating things that are nutritious. Maybe maybe there's something there. So. So, 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 so again, just uh, not to beat a dead horse, but I think the foundation of avoiding what they call greenwashing or they call purpose washing too, um, is to make sure your purpose is something you actually can believably be seen as doing. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's a really powerful example of, of the problem and, and also uh, kind of moving in the direction of a solution. So 
there are a lot of companies that are doing things in the sustainability space with a focus mm -hmm. on climate change, sure. especially so many companies use plastic that it becomes a, a real opportunity for people to differentiate themselves for companies. Mm -hmm. And how would you guide them on marketing and branding around that? Uh, what, what kind of advice do you give? Because there is this huge movement, right? That they want to be a part of from a marketing standpoint, from a branding standpoint, climate change is a big problem. Here's part of the solution. How do you coach people to do that? Well, I mean, I mean the key is if you're going to make that a big part of your um, sort of uh, uh, push to, to represent a higher purpose in the world, a lot of times sort of social activism is, a, is, is an important piece of that. Um, but I, so, so I'd say two things. One, that can't be the only thing you're doing to live your higher purpose. Uh, so, so I think a lot of times people get off on one issue. Um, like Nike has been very outspoken on um, racial equality, for example. And yet it comes to find out uh, data came out that they hadn't paid income taxes in 20 years, you know. And so, yeah, so I think the same thing applies to, to issues around climate. You, you could be crusading for that, but, but it can't. You, you've got to think about the whole picture. Um, so, so, so I think that's, uh, you know, uh, so, sort of no outages in your story is pretty, pretty important. Uh, yeah. I think that's a yeah. biggie. Um, I think another one around, um, sustainability in particular is, um, okay. So, so what are you doing around sustainability? And I think the key thing is that you don't have to be perfect. I think, you know, Patagonia is the example everyone sort of pushes out there because they've been very militant about it, but they've also been very transparent about the fact that they have a ways to go. But I think most people applaud them because they say, well, you know what, first of all, they're making a big effort, A, and B, they're, 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 they're being honest with us. I think Unilever is another large corporation that's done an outstanding job. In fact, their, their whole higher purpose is... Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it's sort of to, to make sustainability commonplace. And you can see thing after thing that they do with their packaging, the way that they operate their factories that are trying to reduce emissions, reduce waste. And again, I don't think they're claiming to be perfect, but they're as a corporation making a, a really concerted effort. Um, and, and I think the other thing that I appreciate about what Unilever is doing is that, you know, Patagonia does take some flack, I think, for maybe being a little chest beating. And I think Unilever is a little bit more, um, has more humility, I think, about what they do. <laughs> they may not get quite the, the headlines, but uh, I think in the long run, it's going to, it's going to serve them well. I, I think you hit on something that really is valuable as an insight. And uh, let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying, because I, I if it's as important as I think it is, I want to make sure our listeners, you know, get the point. But I, I think what you're saying is that there is a, a right level of, of voice of 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 uh, volume to use when you're talking about the good you're doing in the world, so that you maybe are under promising and over delivering to use a. A, a phrase I associate with Wall Street a little bit, but yes. but it, it seems to me that you've you've got to leave a little bit of cushion so that you're not exposed as having oversold your your goodness. Is that is that fair? Yes, I, I think that's a good way to put it. Is is uh, 
you know, these days, um, you know, people have so much access to information. There's always a gotcha around every corner. Uh, so I think it's more important to show your a your intent and b some progress. And as I see said, c just be transparent about where where you're you're not living up to people's goals. And and I think most people will go along with you and and give you credit. Yeah, oh, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. Well, uh, Chip, you you've been at this for a while, I have. Uh, and Strawberry Frog is is very successful in helping a lot of companies. Uh, take a minute, if you will, and just brag about what you see as being the impact of your career, your work at Strawberry Frog, et cetera, to help people actually do more good as a result of your work. Yeah, well, um, I think my career probably reflects a lot of people of my sort of late Gen X generation um, who sort of came of age, you know, in the in professionally, you know, starting in the 90s uh, and then going into a couple of bad uh, downturns and recessions. And, um, you know, it was a much more cutthroat competitiveness driven period in the, in the nineties. But I think coming into the two thousands, when I met my business partner, Scott in about, I don't know, 2005, maybe, um, I had started to rethink, um, the motivation for, for why I was even doing this and what I thought people really wanted out of brands in particular. Um, and that it seemed, my, my intuition that it was something deeper, more values driven, that people were actually looking for in a way that they maybe hadn't been earlier when I'd gotten started and was working on, you know, scope mouthwash and Crest toothpaste. Um, and uh, I think I may have been a little earlier in, in landing on that idea, a little, little early uh, versus, you know, the reality of the marketplace. But um, I met uh, Scott Goodson, who had founded this firm called Strawberry Frog, and uh, he very much felt the, the same way. Um, and we sort of developed this idea um, at Strawberry Frog that, well, I guess it was a question. Could we use the principles behind successful societal movements to actually help organizations, companies, and brands galvanize and motivate people um, in meaningful ways? Um, and we, we coined the phrase then, we don't call it that anymore, but then we, we coined this frame call, phrase called movement marketing. And that's what we meant. And it, it, it basically was um, this notion that, um, you know, all movements start with a dissatisfaction. There's, so, there's some grouse, some disgruntlement that um, not only, say, an organization has, but its employees, maybe its customers have, that they're dissatisfied about. So with Patagonia, maybe it's really, you know, what's going on with the future of our planet. Um, that usually leads for some desired change you want to see. And, you know, uh, for Patagonia, it's um, you know, kind of saving our home planet, I think is what they, what they call it. Um, and uh, it, it, most movements have an enemy that they're up against. Uh, and then some sort of a stand that they've decided to take um, in regards to that. And I think one of the reasons that dovetails so nicely with all the interest in purpose these days is that, you know, people can't join a purpose but they can join a movement that's inspired by a purpose. So a purpose can make a movement, I mean, a movement can make a purpose actionable and a lot easier to understand and a lot easier to say, okay, I see where we're all marching towards. I see the change we wanna uh, have happen. Yes, I'd like, to, I'd like to join in. 
And so there's some companies that I think we've been, and, and organizations that we've been successful, I think, in helping do that. I think an early one for us was Smart Car. Uh, I don't know, do you know the Smart uh, Vehicle? It's the mm-hmm. little mini um, uh, vehicle that's uh, tiny, almost roller skate-like. But um, yeah. the, the folks, it was um, originally, um, it was uh, the Swatch organization and Mercedes who had developed it. And we began working with them. And, you know, it's a much smaller vehicle and it gets much, much uh, um, better gas mileage. And I think it was unclear from the get-go how to how do you sell this, uh, especially in a com- country like the U.S., where people at that point were driving giant SUVs. It just seemed to be very off-trend. You know, I think the obvious way to go with that was to say, "Oh, well, it's um, more convenient to park in a crowded place, and it'll save you gas money and all that kind of, sort of thing." But I think we, it was very clear to us from the get-go that that was the wrong way to go. That, that we thought that there was a large group of people out there, particularly urbanites, who really felt that there was too much kind of overconsumption and waste going on in the world, and that big unnecessary cars and SUVs were just a, a poster child for, for that. Um, and that, um, that, a, that there was a change that a lot of people wanted to see in cities, which was to kind of try to restore the urban landscape to a more pristine state away from all of this traffic and everything being um, places for, for these giant SUVs. So the enemy that we sort of identified was this notion of stupidly overconsuming, which we called um, dumb. And the stand we decided to take was smarter, more uh, conscious consuming, particularly for your car, which was something that we ended up calling smart. So the campaign that we developed for smart to launch it and which still I think runs today is called Against Dumb. And it's all about that whole line of thinking uh, about uh, a smarter way to kind of restore the urban landscape. So that just kind of gives you an example of the way I think we've led a line of thinking for a company that let them rally a tribe of people um, rather than just try to sell people stuff. So that's an example. Uh, I'm hoping I'm answering your question. Yeah. And I think the, the, by extension, what you're telling us is the very successful launch of that brand that it became a very sexy car. It worked your, your, your brand branding exercise worked and it got people to drive and covet driving uh, a tiny little car that saves money. And in fact, uh, there's an EV version of that uh, car that, you know, zero emissions. And so, yes, you were part of helping to move the world in the direction of uh, fighting climate change, uh, and among all the other things you were talking about. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a great so example. That's an, I mean, I can, I can, if you'd like, I can talk through more examples of kind of, I feel like we're, I mean, that, that's kind of an obvious and easy one, but we also work in more challenging categories like banking, where I feel like we've been able to, to help turn banking into something that's that's a help to folks as opposed to um, something that's trying to rip folks off. Yeah. Um, well, that, that is important. That is important. Well, I want to just shift gears a little bit if sure. we can, Chip. Uh, you know, I, I begin to really appreciate that uh, to change the world, part of what we have to do is change ourselves. We've sure. got to get better at doing good. Right. And so... Uh, I, I like to ask my guests about, you know, their their distinctive strengths. What what do you think of as your superpower? 
My superpower, uh, gosh, and you know, I've, I've had, um, I've had different takes on it over the years, but I think as I get older, I think, and look back on where I think I've been successful, I'd say it, maybe, maybe the way to, to, to talk about it is, um, sort of actionability, sort of, especially when there's like a really hard problem. So coming up with an idea or solution that's not just theoretical, but something that's actually doable and workable, not just kind of understanding an idea or solution, but to be able to apply it successfully. Because, you know, a new idea isn't really worth anything unless it actually works. So I tend to be the kind of person who will come up with a novel solution, but then constantly ask, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? Um, so, um, I, I, on a good day, I'm the person you go to when you have something difficult that you need to make happen, especially when you maybe have tried the obvious things and they don't work. Mm -hmm. so I know. I hope that, that, I hope that, that is really a, a great skill. <laughs> we all want to be able to figure out how to make things work. How do you think you develop that skill, that ability? Um, I think it may be a little bit of temperament you know people are good at different kinds of things some people um i'm really good at ideas concepts and theories i can come up with them but for me i can't deal with them as i said if they don't work I, i'm getting rid of them there are other people who are much better at just taking a theory or an idea and blowing it out to whatever it could be and you need those kind of folks um so i i just think for me it's a little bit temperamental number one and then number two, I don't know, I was lucky enough to stumble into a field where that kind of, um, that kind of skill, um, first of all, there were other folks that I could model myself after who, who also had that kind of temperament and where, you know, it was, uh, that kind of skill, skill was needed. In a marketing and advertising agency like I work in, it's a little bit like an emergency room, you know, <laughs> there's always a big problem that, you know, there's a house on fire to fix it. So I think it allowed me to kind of practice uh, a bit on that. Yeah. How do you see, as you look back at your career and you're kind of looking at this ability to see how things work, how has that impacted your ability to be successful and do more good in the world? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I was talking a little bit uh, before about the transition in my career from being a sales agent to being more of a change agent. Uh, and when I, that's when I started thinking about this whole idea of movements and I started working with my business partner, Scott and strawberry frog. Um, so, um, I, I feel like, um, the whole notion of applying, um, so, so, so this notion of does it work, which is a big theme for me throughout my career is something actionable. I think when we started seeing things like purpose, the, the, the immediately, the thing that struck me was that, okay, what, are, what is everybody telling us? What are the CEOs telling us? They're saying they don't know what to do with it. So to me, that was clear. This is not working. We need a better way. Um, and it also seemed just like a, a um, striking fit that our approach to um, sparking movements was a way to make purpose much, much more actionable. So um, I, I, um, I think that ability to look for um, application and relentlessly asked, does it work was something that was just sorely needed in the whole purpose space. 
So I'm just hoping that maybe um, what I've done uh, has helped at least at least some people. Yeah. As you think about this now, and, and as we kind of dig in, I, I wonder if you can identify things that you would coach people to do to develop a little bit more of that mentality. Even though you might say that different perspectives are valuable. If someone said, I want to be more like Chip, what, what do you do to kind of develop, hone your ability to test in your mind if, if something works? Right. Um, well, I often um, I often advise people um, that if you want to develop that kind of skill, one of the things that you have to have is a certain objectivity about yourself, which, as we all know, is really, really hard for any of us to do. Right. Uh, it's hard for us to see ourselves as others to see us. So um, somebody that I know I respect a lot had kind of advised me to sort of develop a sort of an informal board of directors, if you will. You know, people that you respect and trust who you can go to to say, here's what I'm working on. I think this is working. Do, do you agree? I don't think this is working. I don't know what to do. But to be able to get some third party input um, I, I think is really important for you to understand, you know, is the approach you're taking, is it, is it making sense? Is your thinking off? Do you need to put everything aside and go back to the drawing board? So I think that's a biggie. Um, I think you need um, to be open-minded and to be very, very open to what other people think and uh, to, to not uh, fear criticism, to actually in many ways welcome criticism. Uh, to have a thick skin, um, and uh, uh, as I said, to, to view criticism as something that can help you, not not something that's going to hurt you. So I think yeah. those are two biggies. You know, getting an objective point of view, and um, kind of being very very open to getting other input, even if it's negative. Yeah, I, boy, I think that's uh, a profound thing. I, I know I am not good at that second thing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of my observations is that even some of the people uh, who advocate for that sometimes aren't. Uh, it, it's very it's a human nature. I don't know if you have have any any thoughts or tips on how to develop that thick skin, but it it's easy to make the intellectual leap. Oh. I would benefit from objective, plain spoken feedback, mm -hmm. but our minds are sort of don't really process that that well. Generally, most mm -hmm. of us take a little umbrage, some personal offense, and now we're not really listening. We're not really engaging with the feedback. Any thoughts on how yeah. to develop that thick skin? I, I do, because I think sometimes if you view yourself as being in this role of like, we've got a hard problem, um, I'm going to do my best to be a catalyst to come up with something that's actually going to help us fix this, um, then I think that um, viewing yourself as kind of a curator almost, so... You, the idea does not need to come from my brain, but that maybe a skill that I, I've got is to be able to recognize it from wherever it comes from 
so that I'm more curating, I'm getting input, I'm gathering, I'm, I'm keeping a scorecard to say, okay, we've got seven ideas, five seem good, two don't. Um, and I think that can help you sort of distance yourself a little bit from that. This has got to be my, you know, the, the ego that I solved it myself, like from an idea that came from my head, as opposed to I kind of curated and quarterbacked maybe a larger group to, to, to get to an answer. I think when you do that repeatedly, you start to see that you're more successful and um, that, that actually people uh, want to participate in helping you a lot more. And, um, you know, I just think it's kind of a, a virtuous uh, circle, if you will, that, that, that makes that approach just, um, I don't know, work a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Chip, I really appreciate these insights. It's very helpful. It's been such a joy to talk to you and you to too. learn from you. I think you just, you're just a well of knowledge. Uh, as we wrap up here, let me invite you to tell people how to contact you and how to find your book. Uh, and maybe give us 30 seconds on who's a good fit at Strawberry Frog. So people know if their company or organization might be a good client and et cetera, et cetera. Take a minute and, and, and wrap us up on how to, how to utilize uh, Chip Walker. Sure, sure. Well, um, so, so uh, Strawberry Frog is, is my firm uh, that I run with uh, Scott Goodson, uh, my, my business partner. Um, I'm the chief strategy officer, and he is sort of the CEO and uh, creative uh, lead for the company. Um, I think uh, firms with whom we have a, a, an affinity, whether it's uh, just a, a nonprofit organization or a, a corporation, um, I, I think tend to... Um, be more purpose-driven, and that doesn't mean that they're necessarily um, curing climate change, although some some are. But um, that they they really believe that companies have a responsibility to have a, a purpose that is uh, bigger than just making money. Although there's nothing wrong with making money, we help companies do that too. Um, I, I think it's that sort of um, uh, mental mindset that makes companies a good fit with us. Uh, and especially if they are then looking to do something out there in the world with that purpose, whether it be commercial, it be um, more in the so, uh, social good space. Um, th those are problems that we've got a long track record of, of, of uh, helping companies with. Um, in terms of getting in touch with uh, me, it's really easy. It's probably emails is the easiest way. It's just chip at strawberryfrog, one word, dot com. Strawberry like the fruit, frog like the animal. Um, and um, uh, in terms of uh, our book, it's called Activate Brand Purpose, uh, Harnessing the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company. It's available on Amazon and other places where you, you uh, can buy books. And if you want, just want to learn more about it, you can visit activatebrandpurpose.com. And Activate Brand Purpose is one, one kind of uh, uh, word and then uh, .com. Uh, it gives you some, some background, a little bit of an excerpt if you'd like to see it. Um, and, uh, I know hopefully that gives you a, a little bit better sense of, uh, how to be in touch. Fantastic. Well, Chip, thank you. I appreciate you closing us out that way. And I, I congratulate you on the great book. I congratulate you on the great career uh, and the great work that you're doing, the impact you're having. And, and thank you for being with us today. Devin, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. All righty. Let's do some good. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, 
we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.